breached the Black Helpline. The revolution will not be televised. What's up? How was everybody's week? Long. <laughs> yeah. Mine is still long. long. Mine is still long. Shit. Actually, yeah. not long enough. There are never, I finally understand the whole concept of there are never enough hours in the day. Yes. Well, that that's what happens when you get older, though. The time goes oh, fast. You get busy. Work. You get busy. Work. Time. Life. life. People work. want your time. Where's that? Work-life you know, balance. Work-life balance. Whatever. <laughs> that's not a work-life balance. Like, <laughs> I need work-life balance. I need to fit yoga in. You, oh, oh, yeah. God, oh, I'd love yeah. to see that <laughs> shit. You mean looking through the window at hey, the yoga. Yeah, the front. Oh, there you oh, go. No, looking those through guys the down there. You're looking down there. The rooftop. Yeah. Work-life balance. Dog pose. Dog pose. That's downward, downward dog. Yeah, so. That's downward dog. Okay, See, I, that's I, why, that's to, I didn't need to know the names. That's why we know you're only looking through the windows. Hey. That's okay, bro. I, I, do, I, it get, I do it too. I do it too. Stop. It's so exercise. what's up? Aren't you, aren't you both a little too old to just be, I don't know, just kind of... Cheesy clown staring like that. Yeah, I'm immune to age shaming, so. Okay. I'm not age shaming. We're the yeah. same age. What the hell yeah. is wrong with you? Everybody at this table is the same age. Yeah, you're a little older. I'm a little older, my yeah. ass. Yeah, I think you're older, too. Maybe only in years. Yeah. yeah. Certainly yeah. not in attitude. Hey, I'm, that? I'm 12. Okay? Listen to me, you nine-year-old. And you eight-year-old uh, over well, there. <laughs> sure, I'll take eight. Absolutely. Fucking A. Especially with the knowledge I have now. You know it. Well, I would rule this world, I know friend. Malcolm, you're mature. Yeah. Who? Hell Who? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's up, y'all? Hello. You know, it was interesting. I was on my I was driving down here. And I was watching this group, these groups of, of conventioners walking back to their hotel, and I was thinking, what do they see when they come to Minneapolis? What what does Minneapolis look like to somebody who has never been here before? Because I'm from here, so there's nothing surprising about any of this. Well, if you're downtown in the general area where we are, where we road do our recordings, well, you see road construction, and you see lots of... Um, Lots of what looks like transient people, yeah. like like either either whether they are milling around the streets or coming in and out of the hotels, you know. That's what I kind of see. And then they, you know, of course they see this shirt, you know, uh, earlier. So no, that's them seeing you. you. I'm talking about what they see. What do they see? I'm not talking yeah. about you wearing a T-shirt that says America's terrorists and it's got the whitest. Crackerest dude on the face of the planet on it. <laughs> it's a true story, but I think that people people probably see mid upper Midwest, maybe money, a little bit of money, because our downtown is kind of money when there's people yeah. out, you know. But if they're not, if there's no people out downtown yeah. here, it looks like downtown Milwaukee. Yeah. Well, you know? in the winter they see a hellscape of snow. That's it. Well, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. that's what they see because I don't see it because I don't try not to come downtown in the winter. Well, and yeah. they see the human habit trail. Yeah, the gerbil yeah. tubes. Yeah, yeah, the gerbil tubes, which have actually systematically been cut apart. People don't really use them anymore here. It doesn't seem like. They oh yeah, use they, use they, they use them. They use them. Oh yeah. I was in them. I was in them yesterday. I had to come downtown for something, and I, w- I walked through them yesterday because it started raining. Mm-hmm. But people still use them. Oh, you yeah. afraid of getting a little wet? Yeah, it just sucks. <laughs> don't want to ruin my hair. I didn't, I didn't want it to ruin my new fade. <laughs> Okay, kid, and play over here. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Well, kid, for sure, you're 12 years old, so there you go. Mm. I love it. I don't hey, play. I'm Tricky Mickey. I'm Malcontent. And I'm Big Germ. 
It's Big Jerk. It's big jerk. It's big jerk. Big why, why does it sound, why does it sound like I recorded that? <laughs> just, I really wish people could see the look on Big Germ's face when he plays that because it's just it's just kind of like yeah. It's like he got a new yeah. toy. I love that. It's got the excitement of a child in his eyes. Do it one more time, please. I'll be here all night. It's Big Germ. Big Germ. <laughs> I hope you do that after your children have went to sleep I at just, night. I hope that I hope when you're trying to seduce a, a woman that you just keep playing <laughs> just, that over and over. Hey, baby, yeah. it's big germ. Uh, <laughs> y'all something else. Y'all something else. I love it. Well, welcome to another edition of the Black Helpline. One thing that I was thinking of is when people come to Minneapolis, maybe they're noticing the, at least in downtown, in certain pockets, the. Complete absence of homeless people. Right downtown. Downtown. Right downtown. You in go anywhere pocket. else. You go in, you, you get anywhere out of your little pocket in the bubble down mm-hmm. here, and then all of a sudden, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing a lot of it. But they've done that on purpose. It depends That's- on where you're going. I mean, there are spots, if you're going up and down, say, 9th Street or 8th Street. Or 7th. They have those Catholic charities. Right, you know where people actually live. But that's down by the. But that's down by the highway. That's towards. Yeah. That's more towards the highway. Well, they're gonna, the it's towards the hospital, towards the stadium. Yeah. Right, you but you, you, as a whole, you do not see it right here in the in the epicenter. You know, such as where we record. Right. You know, you don't see it right there because, like right now, we have a convention in town. You know, so there's a lot of out of towners, et cetera, et cetera, um, and I think they kind of. Over the last couple of years, they scrubbed the area a little yeah, bit. Yeah, make them invisible. Make them invisible. Make them invisible, yep, absolutely. And then what they've done at Nicollet Mall, do you remember on Nicollet Mall, they put those chairs down there, you know, where people can just sit? So there's people just sitting. So I guess when people are sitting in a chair, it doesn't make them seem as transient. You know, I don't know <laughs> if that was I don't know if that was the intention, uh, but I see transient, yeah. you know. Well, they stopped that because there were fights. Up and down, like someplace closed, like some wine bar closed on Nicollet Mall. Just recently? Recently, yeah. Because of fights? The, the, the fights, they said there were too many homeless. or You must or be people. talking about Zalo. Zalo. Yeah, you yeah. must be talking about Zalo right on yep. the corner, kitty corner from Target. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Well, are they, or they stopped serving during lunch hour or something Well, like you that? know, that right there in front of Target, uh, speaking of like the invisible homelessness, if you actually want to see it, like at any place in downtown at any given time, besides being in front of the library, that would be the place right yeah. there in front of that the that target. Mm-hmm. That target in front of the library. Yep. This way you yeah. see it all. So I can get where Zalo probably had a problem with that for a while. Right. You know, um, but it's interesting when you do see it because you can't. Most of the time, you can flip a coin and tell if it's you know if it's mental illness or if it's just you know strife. Right. You know, a large majority of it is mental illness, though. Yeah. I but would, there's a lot of economics, too. Oh, yeah. You know, well, it's a trickle-down effect. Yeah. It's a trickle-down effect. Well, have, after having just moved back here from San Francisco, where the disparity between rich and poor and the the blight, the blight of homelessness in San Francisco is an absolute thing that you see at every turn of every corner in any pocket of that, that seven-mile-by-seven-mile city. And so it's it's kind of interesting when I come back to Minneapolis and I look around and although there are homeless people, it's certainly not as as prevalent as it was in San Francisco. 
but there are more homeless people now in Minneapolis than I've ever seen ever in my oh, life. Oh, there, there is. Yeah. There is. Well, I mean, we had our tent city all last year. Yeah. Yes. Which was yeah. like, which was an eye-opener to a lot of people because a lot of people didn't realize how bad our homeless problem was here. Hell, I'm going to be honest. I didn't realize it was that bad right. until the tent city went up along the highway. Well, they took a stand there, you know. Yeah. They did. That was a, that was a that was a definite stand. But what happened know? is, drugs and people within started to take uh, advantage of. Well, they were, it was people was started lot, dying. That was a lot of exploitation there. <laughs> yeah. There was prostitution. There was a lot drug of sales. Exploitation. Yeah. Um, and there were, you know, like you said, big germ. There were some deaths too that like we three. Yeah. But I know. Well, yeah, more one is enough, especially yeah. when you're in an encampment yeah. like that with hundreds of people. One wasn't enough. They needed three to die <laughs> to finally and do it, something about it. Right. But when they did move the people, have you ever noticed we haven't heard of them? Heard of that in that situation lately? Not at all. No. Do you know why? Because they actually found them housing. They yeah. found them housing um on the Ojibwe Ojibwe owned land about four blocks away from there off of twenty fifth street. Uh, but you see up on Lake Street but they're on starting the up off the line. Yeah, they're it's just underneath the underneath the bridge shelters. And yep. And you see calls, and then obviously you got a lot of overdoses happening there too. There's a lot of overdoses over there. Um, I live on I live off of 31st and Cedar, and even going up Lake Street, yeah. you can see things over there. Yeah, you know, just walking up Lake Street to get a taco yeah. at night, you see it. Lake Street reminds me of L.A. It reminds me of any street in L.A. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, it's really kind of outrageous. Yeah. It is. It is. It is. That's a that's a good that's a good one because it, it, it does. It's very similar. I don't see any other street like that except for L.A. Yep. You know, just winding with shops and lights and people just constant yep. winding of miles of the same stuff. Mm. Yeah, and tacos. <laughs> Broadway's a little snapshot of Lake Street. Broadway, yeah, yeah, Broadway yeah, North. Um, yeah. Between the highway and yeah. the park, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that's the North Side's version of Lake Street. I don't think they have the same um, homeless problems on Broadway that they do on no. Lake Street. No, it's just violence. It's just well, yeah. That's it's just the Shit. other part of yeah. of poverty and homelessness. I have no reason to ever go to North Side. Honest to God, there's. And there are some good parts of the north side, but the one good thing about the north side is that there, the homelessness there is very curbed because there are a lot of churches over there who accept the people in the neighborhood into those churches mm. at night. So you don't see a lot of people sleeping on the street. You don't see a lot of people wandering around at night on the north side, actually, yeah. except for those who do what they do after yeah. dark. Well, there's a lot of gentrification going on there, too. Well, you know, yeah. you know what the saying goes. When the bike lanes go in. <laughs> the bike lanes went right up and down Plymouth. Yep. Plymouth Avenue. What? Yep. You knew what was coming after that, you know. But when that gentrification comes, so does so does the the, the lack of affordable housing too, mm. which you create another wave of this crap just the on the other side of town. Rent is too damn high. The rent is too damn high yeah. in this city. It's true, you know. But a hundred dollar application. For what? 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 For rent? For I mean, what? I don't know how much it costs to just apply. I think that's a and ploy. Then a background check. Now, I, I heard that they want to stop putting background checks as a part of the application. And Why? Like the landlords are against it. I think there's something going on with that, to look at it. Well, I think I, I, I did hear a little bit, little bit of chatter about that, that they, they didn't want people to do background checks because it was discriminatory and it would give landlords a reason not to rent to people. But then mm -hmm. landlords wouldn't be able to get 
certain types of county benefits okay. with those background checks that certain types of renters would actually be um, accustomed to or 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 be privy to, like such as Section, Section eight. eight. You know, if you do se- if you do background check on somebody with Section Eight, and you're trying to get the maximum amount that the county will pay you for your property. That background check is going to negate that, mm-hmm. you know, because if you stipulate that you will not have felons, you will not have a recovery addicts, et cetera, et cetera, on your properties, unless they have Section Eight, then you can't you you can't have it both you can't have it both ways. Right. Well, well that's know. part of the reason I don't any I don't own property, but if I did, I would still do a background check and make sure that that shit is straight and that I'm going to get my money. I did background right. checks. Get my I money. can see like a financial background check. A financial background check. Well, financial. That no, if you're a sexual offender, no. Well, I was, uh, okay. Well, that no, too. I mean, you know, let's quantify this. If we're going to say this, that, and the other thing, you've got to be able to pay your rent, and mm-hmm. you must not be an animal or a child or a woman abuser. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think their background checks are, are you know, like I said, I think it had a lot to do with the county's requirements yeah. for people to take that Section 8 money. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a first-level BCA. Right, Report. and if you got yeah. if you got if you got you know you if you got murderous felonies like you said, uh, uh, sexual assaults things like that, um, I don't blame people for not wanting to take those <laughs> yeah, people. Those people are not necessarily applying anyway. Well, some you of know, them could. The some of them could. No gracias. I gotta work up my <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> no gracias. <laughs> I was being polite. Spanglish. I, well, good. Spanglish, because I won't be polite when I leave. Um, but no, when you are trying to apply, I remember being in bad situations, not bad situations in my life, but by financial, you know, dire situations financially in my past. And it was all about the money. Can you afford to pay it? That's fine. It's like, yeah, I can afford to pay it. You know, it was always just a question. Have you ever been in jail? Blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Any of that stuff. Not necessarily like that anymore. A lot of people can't afford to pay, but they are being, you know, blacklisted because of some decisions, bad decisions yeah. they might have made in the past. You know, so that makes it harder for people to actually get up, all, get back on two feet. You know, and it helps to, you know, accentuate our homeless problem in the town here. And we're we're not, you know, in a lack of places to live. It's affordability right. and the access to those places. That we have are having a problem with here because you know the bike lanes are showing up everywhere. Oh, the fucking bike lanes is a whole different <laughs> conversation for a whole different day. I hate the fuck. You know what? I ride a fucking bicycle. I ride a so bike as I, often yeah. as I can, and those goddamn line. bicycles still drive me crazy. <laughs> there are a lot of people who don't need them or who can't use them. There are a lot of people who actually need to take transportation, their own right. cars, whatever the case may be. Just a, bl- they're a blight. You want to talk about a blight? That's a fucking blight. Well, you mean like 28th and 26th Street, for example? Ooh, ooh, yeah. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. There are the bikers, some of them, that use those lands. They right. feel entitled. Yeah. Well, they you don't, know. they don't just only, don't, don't. They'll they, give you the stare, man. It's like, you they better all, not go. They don't all, and they also, the ones who don't use those fucking lanes that we've, put all this money into putting in and they're still on the bigger streets where they're not supposed to be and then you got the one person who oh, has, no, middle. has no depth perception and they're afraid to just drive past them you know yeah. and they're like oh i gotta I gotta move over a whole lane now they get hypnotized, to go around this part. hypnotized yeah. by the straightness of the lane yeah you know and it's Indeed. and I, you know i'm down for riding bikes and shit like that but man and i got my own bike but some of these bike lanes there are just too many of them mm-hmm. you know if as, as a person who needs his car you right. know, and I ride that bike as much as possible. Gotta share but we the digress. Road. 
We mm-hmm. digress. This is not an episode about the fucking goddamn bike lanes. That's right. This is about fucking goddamn homelessness. Homelessness and the bike lanes that caused it. <laughs> <laughs> you see it coming. There's a bike, with a bike lane, you're going to lose your house. If there's a bike lane, you're going to lose your damn house. Or like the greenways, you know, that, that might have caused some of that too when they tried to put it on the north side. You know, they want to take away houses. To put that thing in, I think that lasted for what two months before people started parking back on it again. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. They parked right on it, you know, because they were. So here's the thing: when you when you have housing that is affordable, and you're making people put these bike lanes in, or I'm sorry, these greenways, and you're essentially taking away one, two things: you're taking away their parking, you're taking away their cheap taxes. What do you mean the greenways? I'm, I'm... They put a greenway on the north side. Where? On Irving, between between Laurie and the park. Laurie and, and Irving, yeah. yeah. What do you mean by a greenway, though? Like a green patch of grass in the no, median? No, no. Bikeway, walkway? Bikeway, walkway, oh. no cars. Oh, yeah. they took away they, they took away a place to pay the cars. So guess who was paying for that? <laughs> guess what pays for yeah. that? Your taxes, they go up. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, They're they talking go- about doing that uh, over south by Calhoun. Not, um, no, uh, what is it? Nicomas. Nicole, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Fiftieth. Yeah. Yep, yep. And people are losing their there. damn minds. You know, it's just going to bring up taxes, and then, but they want they didn't want to talk about putting a, a affordable housing over by Nokomis, though. Uh, just another bike lane. You know, or well, closing the, the houses over there are already kind of right, upper, right, upper middle. But you, were, really, the Nokomis. Some of them, yeah. Some that was the one we always. That was the one that we growing up in South Minneapolis always thought was. The it was always the um, metal the redneck. Yeah, you're it was talking, always metal total heads. fucking metalheads. You're yeah. talking about you're talking about over by East Nokomis, over there yeah. by by Nokomis Shoe Shop and things like that. I'm talking about Nokomis. Yeah. yeah, like the actual lake. Yeah, that was. You're right. That was that was a place where I, there used to be a spot over there I used to go to over there, but it ain't it ain't like that no more. No, it's not. But that no. was Redneck Central when I was a kid. No shit. Like no. every Corvette driving, long blonde haired. ACDC listening clown, which I love ACDC, but I didn't like that that area of town. Do you think those guys are homeless now? <laughs> I think they're moving north. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they've, they've got they've, they're in bike lanes now. <laughs> well, we're putting a lot of there's a, there's been some re- revitalization on the north side um, with regards to um, the homeless problem that we have here, and they have been subsidizing a lot of the housing over there for uh, homeless families, you know, with children and stuff, that, that, that pe- people that live in places like Mary's Place, mm-hmm. right. you know, getting those people out of there. And some, some of these rundown houses that have been just uh, subject to rental scams, you know, people renting for top dollar from the county, you know, instead mm-hmm. of doing that. And they're starting to fill in some of the vacant lots on the north side. You know, That's good. The place next to my house is, <clears throat> I think, was just bought a couple of weeks ago, and across the street they they filled in one of the, one of the vacant lots. Habitat for Humanity built a house there, and I think they're hopefully they're going to build one next door to my house. So there are more programs out there, right, to get families in mm-hmm. that actually help them buy these houses and they actually stay in these homes. You know, to create a community thing because we're we're going upward. Well, what about know? like young individuals? You know. 
Well, the same thing. Same thing. You you know, income requirements. That's all mm-hmm. it is. And you can't have a programmer coming out making hundred grand a year and sell him a fifty thousand dollar house because mm-hmm. he won't qualify for that. This is for these are for working poor people. You know, and by working poor, what is that? What is this? I mean, hell, I'm working poor. What the hell am I talking about? Uh, I think it's what thirty thirty thousand and under. I'm sorry, the yeah. guy who gets to run off to fucking Mexico four or five times a year ain't a working poor. I plan that for a year. <laughs> That's a year's planning. He's doing a job search overseas. Oh, there's oh, a year okay. planning, and one day that will happen. Okay. But that's a year's planning, and I'm also I've also earned that. But um, at making fifty thousand dollars a year, I'm pretty much working poor in my class in my classification. You know, but I'm, but the people that qualify for those houses make thirty between thirty and forty thousand dollars mm-hmm. for a household of four. You know, and that's not very much at all. No. But that's a qualification to buy one mm-hmm. of these houses for Habitat for Humanity, right. and they set up that program so those families can buy and so they can build wealth. You know, especially mm-hmm. in the black community because um, historically we have not been able, we have not been qualified because of our state in life to build wealth like that. I think it's a great thing, and I think it's a great thing that they're filling up those vacant lots and getting some of these people out of these temporary shelters that are down there off of um, 4th Street and 7th Street. Now they can just keep it safe. Well, that's the interesting conundrum of it. You know, speaking of of, uh, Habitat for Humanity, when I was a teenager, we went to New York and did work in buildings in the Lower East Side. Mm -hmm. And this was the early 80s, and so the Lower East Side was bombed out and depleted. Yeah. And there was nothing there. So we went in, we, we, we refurbished all of these buildings, we did a great job, and then I just, by, by chance, ended up moving around the corner from that building that I worked on hmm. 35 years later, and it was just, it was like night and day difference. The entire block had been filled in, all of these, these, these empty lots had been filled in, they were all growing flowers, and there was these beautiful little community gardens, and you know kids playing in the street, and it was just... It was beautiful. So it'd be really nice if, if that kind of growth can happen in areas that are or were systematically bombed out and depleted, to use that again, but the ones right. that people weren't living in, the ones that people were afraid of, the ones that people are like, oh, fuck, you know, I just want to, I want to close my door, I want to be able to live. Like Jordan, like the Jordan area here, which is, I think, is one of our, still our, one of our roughest areas in town, yeah. you know. Where's um, that area? That's between Oso <laughs> Memorial and yeah. um, Penn. Oh, yeah. Also, Memorial and Broadway up the Penn Corridor. Yeah, yeah, and then um, and then um, 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 Falwell and et cetera starts after that. But Jordan's always Falwell. Well, Falwell starts. Well, um, Falwell starts after yeah, that. Okay. I said yeah. after that, after Laurie. But but you know, Jordan has always been our our lowest income neighborhood, and I'm, you know they tried to put a co op in over there. Remember, off of um, Golden Valley Road and Penn, yeah, and it that fell work through. Out. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah, I don't really? know. I don't, put their really? I don't know the where they co-op really. Yep, they were kind of structure they were. there on the corner. No, they, that's where the co-op was supposed to be, uh-huh. and somehow the funding got screwed up, and they it never went in. It was in it was in the works for years. That shit store on the corner, that, you, on yeah, Golden Valley, and yeah, Penn. that shit store on the corner. <laughs> the used blunt, to be next to a church. Yeah, I call it the Blunt Stop. Yeah, um, get your white t-shirts. Get your white t-shirts and blunts. But they were putting a co-op in over there, um, a community co-op, and mm. somehow the funding got screwed up, and it and it never came to fruition because they started having uh, um, inventory in the store actually, but the money stopped for some reason. No one ever said why the money stopped. Ben Carson. Oh, makes sense. Wow. Fuck. 
And just when you try to change something, you're trying to make the corner look better than just seeing Estes on the corner. Well, I'm sorry, well, there's but a new seriously. Estes on the other corner. Are you fucking serious? Dude, they tore down the old one that's been there forever, burying our brothers and sisters and mothers and grandmothers up. And they built like a, a two-story, brand new one. You can stream the funeral. It's a goddamn <laughs> shame. Yeah. You know, and then they across the street they built that uh, opportunity center where right. they also have the African American History Museum. Yeah, yep. That's in there now. Too. And what's her face put some of her stuff in? I can't remember her name right now, but yeah. And I can't. But they tore it down and put up a new funeral home. Oh yeah. Oh, you, the you death business you is good. Home. You gotta need business a funeral home on the booming. north side. Yeah. Stream of funeral. Every, everybody, there's there's Estes and then there's Washburn McCreevy. Right. Yeah. Shit. I'm Lowry. Two funeral homes within a block of each other. Well, no, that's further further north. Yeah, yeah, I know. But yeah, but Estes is the one. Right. I Estes. remember growing up when they had the first Estes was a few blocks down Plymouth on right. the corner. And then they moved to the one on the corner on Penn. Was it? Was they it? just tore it down. This one was erected <clears throat> about a year and a half. Ago. So this is definitely after the riots then on, on Plymouth Avenue. Oh, that yeah. Was, yeah, that was in, what, 69, 70? The one on the corner was after the riots, post-riots. Then they moved the one to the pen corner in the late 70s, early 80s, and then this okay. new one. We're getting lost in oh, no, semantics here. I was going to ask you yeah. here, but did you notice, after even after all that happened, the the percentage of people who didn't have any place to live or couldn't, fi- couldn't afford a place to live or weren't given a mortgage over there? Because that's when the redlining started. Yeah. You know, and that started our that started a part of our homeless population in Minneapolis. Coming oh. started over north and moved its way south. Oh, that whole Plymouth corridor is a fucking joke. It is now. So, no, it's always been a fucking joke. You know, and I know there was affordable housing over there for quite some time, but they turned a lot of that housing into um, elder housing. Yeah. Well, now it's Mark because forever Jamar Clark. That's where he was killed. Right. Popo. All but, right. Back on topic. Yeah, that was 10 minutes of shit that I can't add to because I'm not from the north side. I don't know the north side. Well, it, a it lot all, of people don't. It all comes to this one thing where what I was, what I was telling him is that a part of part of our um, our homelessness with black people did start over there yeah. after after the exodus yeah, of the Jewish anywhere population. anywhere in the USA, mm-hmm. basically. They, they, they had the exodus to the south side, mm-hmm. and then they left that neighborhood kind of desolate, and then their redlining started. There were... They were only renting out their houses to people. People were trying to buy these homes. The people couldn't afford these homes. There were contract for deed scams, et cetera, et cetera. And then people ended up in places like Mary's Place, ended up at the Salvation Army, you know, and, and eventually the men were, um, uh, you know, regulated to Harbor Light Center, which is where yeah, they still are. Still are. And that is still one of our, one of our most nastiest, like most dangerous corners, the most police calls downtown. Most police calls there. right there, are right there, and that's where most of our homeless uh, usually end up congregating when they first arrive here, or they come here from other places. Salvation Harbor, Harbor Light, right by the bus station. Yeah. Oh, right, sure, yep. Because they get off the bus, and then as soon as they get off the bus, if you are any kind of, you know dire need those places are supposed to be there for those people getting off the bus who are in dire need, but what they've turned into or are unpoliced section of the city where people just it's an open market right yeah. there sounds like the tenderloin it looks tenderloin it looks district. just yeah. like the tenderloin just that one block and you i mean I've, i haven't walked past there in a long time because yeah. we used to go to the place for house parties after, <laughs> after <laughs> the bar curie avenue yeah. curie avenue but 
even before, even back then, it wasn't like that. No. You know, and that was 20 years ago. Yeah. I've been to San Francisco once, and I, that's the one thing that I did notice was the Tenderloin District homelessness because I was at the Fairmount mm-hmm. Hotel there. It was just like insane. I'd never seen that, even in like New York or whatnot. No, you you've never seen anything like the Tenderloin. But there's a place in Seattle, this Seattle over in Pioneer Square, is turning into that now because they're sending people up north and they're sending them down to Phoenix now because the Tenderloin just got too out of hand. And San Francisco counties, uh, apparently, one of their solutions was to send people to warmer places. So they're outsourcing their homeless. Well, that's interesting because the the idea was that many counties and cities within California sent their mentally ill and their 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 overpopulation of people they didn't want in their town basically anymore. They'd give them a ticket, a one way ticket, fifty bucks and a one way ticket to wow. San Francisco. Which is why there was such a huge explosion of homelessness and of all these miles and miles of encampments and just tent cities everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and although I would venture to guess that some of the same thing is happening in Minneapolis, the truth be told, these are some harsh ass winters. It's one thing if you're dealing with, you know, 45 degrees, 50 degrees in San Francisco, you're dealing with 45 below. That's a yeah. whole different story. And that That's is insane. a big deal here. It's a huge deal. And we don't have enough space here, you know, ultimately, because we do have the, you know, the 7th Street corridor. We have the, you know. Um, the Steve, St. Stephen's and things like that, and Mary's Place. They just opened up a, an apartment building Where for the homeless. I don't know. I just read about it. Yeah, and it's and it's just you know we got we got commerce here. People come here, and as you said, a lot of the people come here. They they fall on hard times. They come here to get back on their feet. And we do have places for those people, but a lot of the times overpopulation of our homeless population, especially in the winter, and it's coming. Yeah, look at all these. Places that are closing, these superstores, yeah. mega stores, closing space. So Nothing. my point would be that we do have the space. My point would be that we do have the money. This is a rich town. My thing is that people here have never been confronted with the harsh realities of people being poor, broke, homeless, destitute, lost, yeah. um, having serious mental issues, drug addiction. Like these are real big city problems that are just now starting to trickle into Minneapolis. I don't think the city is equipped because I think there's always been this kind of bubble that many Minneapolitans and people in Minnesota have kind of lived in. Like, oh, Minnesota takes care of their people. Minnesota, it's a great place to be if, you know, you're blah, 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 a lot of social services, yada, yada, yada. But truth be told, they have never been tried, I think, the way that they are now. They're still running to the suburbs. Well, they don't have to see it. Well, there's still day. that there's right. still that flea going mm-hmm. on, but it's still the homeless the homeless problem is not going to go away anytime soon. No, of course it's not going to go away. I'm just saying that they're not they're not equipped to deal with it because they've never had to deal with it before. It's not that we don't have these things. It's that this is a this is big now. It's not just yeah. a few people. It's, yeah. it's many big. people. It's well, they're, they're showing up in people's suburbs, you know, with the signs. You know, you see full families parked outside of. A place in Hopkins, mm-hmm. Chick Fil A, and you know they're just looking for a hand up. Yeah, well, they're like coming back to what you said about these big box stores closing and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I just recently heard that the Walmart on the University is closing down, so there's going to be another slew of people yeah. who are already making barely making enough to live on, yeah, with nowhere to go. Well, hopefully they can just you know 
I don't know. Shit, buy Walmart. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Never seen fucking Walmart ever again. But amen to that. Um, <laughs> it'd be really interesting to to open them up as as uh, relief centers, as it yeah. were. Well, these empty buildings, we have plenty of space. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> you know. At any rate, I'm Tricky Mickey. I'm malcontent. I'm Big Germ. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of the Black Helpline. If you would like to, please email us at blackhelpline at gmail, or you can Twitter at us at blackhelpline. Conversely, you can also call us at 612-615-9636. Thank you all for listening and have a great night. Thank Thank you. you. The revolution.